and welcome to another teaching by 119 Ministries. Our ministry teaches that the whole Bible is true and applicable for our lives today. If you would like to know more about what we believe and teach, please visit us at testeverything.net. We hope that you enjoy studying and testing the following teaching. Proverbs 21, verse 21. Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness, has said, will find life, righteousness, and honor. It is not uncommon to hear from biblical scholars that the Hebrew word has said in the Tanakh, or the Old Testament, is difficult to translate into English because it really has no precise equivalent in the English. But for the purpose of this teaching, we really need to try to better understand this word. Some have tried to define hesed as an act that has no cause. That seems to be rather close, but there is more to the word. The Jewish translators that took the Hebrew of the Tanakh and translated into the Greek Septuagint often chose the Greek word for mercy as a translation for hesed. English versions usually try to represent hesed with such words as loving kindness, mercy, steadfast love, and sometimes loyalty but the full meaning of the word can be rather difficult to explain in our language. On a more structural level, as a language, Hebrew is built upon the shoresh, the traditional three-letter root. Words derived from a common shoresh share a conceptual, almost familial relationship with one another. Hesed consists of a het, samech, and a dalet. Loosely construed, the pictogram may suggest a leader who passes beyond the fence of selfishness and enters through the doorway of compassion. It is important to consider that hesed is often found used in the Tanakh in association with a covenant. Hesed is contextually related to a covenant in some way. Keep that in mind throughout this teaching. The idea of hesed being similar to mercy and kindness communicates to us a type of grace, a holding back from punishment a punishment perhaps due to us in the context of breaking the covenant. Yet Yahweh graciously extends us His mercy. There is a reason we are bringing this Hebrew word to your attention. We have a thought-provoking question for you. If the Torah is forever and unchanging, and what is sin today has always been considered sin, then did the generation following Adam and Eve marry their own brother or sister? Wouldn't that be sin? Unless one is highly theologically creative and goes well beyond the written Torah, the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve simply had to marry each other. Otherwise, you and I would not be here today. But what about the Torah? Does that mean that the generation following Adam and Eve had to break the Torah? Leviticus chapter 20, verse 17. If a man takes his sister, a daughter of his father or a daughter of his mother, and sees her nakedness, and she sees his nakedness, it is a disgrace has said, and they shall be cut off in the sight of the children of their people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness, and he shall bear his iniquity. Yes, they had to break Torah. For what purpose? For the greater commandment for man, to go forth and multiply. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. 
At this point, you might be thinking, wait, are you suggesting that God's instruction for man to be fruitful and multiply necessitated the breaking of Torah, specifically Leviticus 20.17? Our answer would be yes. Now, some do not like that answer, and they are forced to suggest that the Torah does change, that the Torah was not given until Sinai. Of course, if that is true, then how did Cain and Abel know what type of offerings they were expected by Yahweh? And why would it have been wrong for Cain to offer whatever he wanted to Yahweh? Even better, if there was no Torah given, how would it be shown to Cain that murdering Abel was wrong? Yet some really want to be able to say that the Word of God can change. Because this would conveniently enable them to proudly state that, see, the Torah has to be able to change. Otherwise, that generation in the beginning would have had to break the Torah, and that is simply not a possible scenario. Thus, the Torah could have and did change again after Yeshua. Of course, we can eat pig and lobster after work on Shabbat now. However, it does not work to suggest that the Torah can change. It does not make sense to suggest that the definition of sin can change, that what was right in Yahweh's eyes yesterday is wrong in his eyes tomorrow. Yahweh does not change, and Yahweh is the Word. The Word is Torah, and the Torah is the Word. The Torah is a reflection of Yahweh's character. We likely have a couple dozen teachings at minimum showing the logical and scriptural contradictions that surface in an understanding that the law of God can change from one day to the next. So then, how does it make any sense that the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve were forced to break Leviticus 20.17? Remember, it is not impossible for certain Torah commandments to conflict. For example, the Levites were instructed in the Torah to work on Shabbat the Sabbath, thus profaning the Sabbath, yet it was not held against them. Or for the sake of mercy and kindness to others, we may need to heal on the Sabbath. There are other examples to consider, and for more on this, please see our teaching titled, Weightier Matters. So are we suggesting that the commandment to go forth and multiply was greater or weightier than the commandment to not marry your brother or sister? Yes, absolutely yes. If the generation following Adam and Eve did not break Leviticus 20, then Yahweh's plan of grace through Messiah Yeshua would have never occurred, and salvation would have never been possible. So yes, going forth and multiplying was the most certainly of greater importance. But do we have any evidence of this? Because it is not unlikely that you believe everything we have said so far to be rather speculative. Perhaps you saw the possible clue in our first reading of Leviticus 20.17. But let's read it again. If a man takes a sister, a daughter of his father, or a daughter of his mother, and sees her nakedness, and she sees his nakedness, it is a disgrace, has said. And they shall be cut off in the sight of the children of their people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness, and he shall bear his iniquity. So in the context of a brother and sister consummating a marriage, we are told in the English that it is a disgrace. However, is that what the Hebrew word hesed means? A disgrace? Maybe, but we already reviewed the usage of the word hesed in the Tanakh. And loving kindness, or similar, is how this word is consistently used contextually. It is how the word is understood through its root meaning, and how the word is understood via ancient pictograph. So, 
everything defining hesed to mean disgrace in this particular instance seems to contradict everything we understand about the Hebrew word hesed. However, there is an exception. Hesed in Leviticus 20.17 in the Septuagint was translated into the Greek by ancient Jews as a disgrace in the Greek. English translators likely borrowed and carried forward that translational understanding from the Septuagint. This could suggest that it was a valid way to translate hesed instead of meaning a loving kindness or mercy. It may indeed have meant a disgrace. In another twist, it appears that all Jews did not agree with the Septuagint translation of disgrace. The rabbis connected Leviticus 20.17 to Cain procreating with his sister and populating the world. They understand this particular act of incest to be an act of mercy. The way the rabbis present the understanding of Hesed for Leviticus 20.17 in their writings would be more consistent with the ancient understanding of that particular Hebrew word. Translators are confused as to why Yahweh appeared to call the commandment forbidding the marriage of a brother and sister a kindness or a mercy. But he apparently did. Translators decided to change it to disgrace in the English because that contextually made more sense to them despite the ancient prevailing understanding of the Hebrew word hesed. Sometimes this is rationalized in a particular way. The most accepted reason is that the Hebrew will occasionally use a word, but in a context with the opposite meaning. Consider when we may say, that is bad, when we actually mean, that is good. Another example of this is Job chapter 2, verse 9, where the King James Version and some other translations translate the Hebrew word barach as a curse, the opposite of the meaning which is to bless. However, the King James Version may be incorrect and the author really did say, bless God and die. The reason we do not think that this is the answer to the translation of hesed is that disgrace, which is the ESV translation of hesed, isn't really the opposite of hesed, which means loving kindness. Since disgrace and loving-kindness are not opposites, then such an explanation of inconsistent translation does not suffice. So then, why would Yahweh mention the commandment that forbid brother and sister marriage to be hesed? If disgrace does not define hesed, why a mercy or a kindness? But if we go back to the beginning and apply the reality that the generation following Adam and Eve had to break this specific commandment, then we realize the profound hint that Yahweh embedded in his Torah for this commandment. For that generation, it was indeed a mercy or a kindness that allowed the world to multiply. Yahweh commanded his people to go forth and multiply. That was the weightier commandment. Because of this weightier commandment, perhaps it was considered a loving kindness by Yahweh to allow for the breaking of Leviticus 20.17, to allow for his people to multiply it, a similar kindness is afforded to the Levites who are instructed to profane the Sabbath for the sake of the greater good. It is not uncommon for a Jew to interpret the Hebrew in Psalm 89 verse 3 as, The world is built with hesed, which is a little different from how it is rendered in most English translations. The world was apparently built on hesed, on mercy, love, kindness, or grace. It was built on hesed in order for man to multiply. Hesed was necessary. There is only one other instance in which hesed is not defined in English as a related word such as loving kindness, mercy, steadfast love, or loyalty. And that is found in Proverbs 14.34, 
Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach, has said, to any people. Knowing what we know about has said, this again is an equally confusing translation. Interestingly enough, the idea of has said in the Hebrew Bible not only includes the idea of loving kindness, but also of discipline. Moses indicated that the Lord would discipline the Israelites as a father to his son in the following verses. Deuteronomy chapter 8. You shall remember all the way which Yahweh your God has led you in the wilderness these forty years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of Yahweh. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. Thus you are to know in your heart that Yahweh your God was disciplining you, just as a man disciplines his son. The narrative of Psalm 136 verses 10 through 26 is in direct parallel to Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 1 through 10, which is an overview of the Israelites coming out of Egypt into the Promised Land. That is, both passages talk about the exodus from Egypt, the setbacks, divine discipline, and the subsequent victories over their enemies as they emerged victorious into the Promised Land. The abundance of nourishment and foodstuffs, and then finally the blessings bestowed on Yahweh for all of His marvelous provisions. Watch how many times has said is mentioned in this direct parallel. Psalm 136. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt for his steadfast love endures forever, and brought Israel out from among them for his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and outstretched arm, his steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his steadfast love endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his steadfast love endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. Sihon the king of Amorites, for his steadfast love endures forever. And Og king of Bashan, for his steadfast love endures forever. And he gave their land as a heritage, for his steadfast love endures forever. A heritage to Israel his servant, for his steadfast love endures forever. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state, for his steadfast love endures forever, and rescued us from our foes, for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven, for his steadfast love endures forever. In other words, Hesed includes the idea of a father's discipline as part of the loving kindness of Yahweh, both Psalm 136, 10-26, and Deuteronomy chapter 8, 1-10 are in direct parallel, and therefore we make this connection. This key now helps us unlock the particularly difficult verse, Proverbs 14, 34, where Hesed appears to contradict its own meaning. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And here would be the alternate translation. 
Righteousness exalts a nation, and reproof is the cleansing or purification for the people. Here, hata means a cleansing or a purification. Has said means reproof as a loving kindness discipline. Finally, let's read Psalm 136, 23 through 24 again. He who has remembered us in our low estate, for his steadfast love has said, endures forever, and rescued us from our foes, for his steadfast love endures forever. We see that Yahweh who remembered us in our low estate has tendered their setback while entering the promised land as a disciplining father per Deuteronomy 8.5. And therefore, Yahweh's has said was twofold as discipline and loving kindness. We infer this connection between discipline, reproof, and loving kindness because this context is direct parallel with Deuteronomy chapter 8, 1 through 10 and fits into Proverbs 14.34 quite nicely. As another interesting note, ancient Jewish translators translated the Greek word for diminishing or making less for the Hebrew word hesed found in Proverbs 14.34, meaning a father reproofing his children humbles them and brings them low, not out of hatred, but out of a loving kindness. Last but not least, the author of Hebrews in the Brit Hadashah, or the New Testament, later picks up on this nuance of loving kindness and discipline and relates Yahweh as the loving father who disciplines his sons in Hebrews 12 verses 5 through 7. Take note of the words we highlighted and consider how the highlighted words contextually summarize our point as we establish the extrapolation of the use of Hesed in the Tanakh. Hebrews 12, have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be wary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom the Father does not discipline? In summary, here's what we covered in this teaching. Number one, the whole Word of God, which is inclusive of the Torah, is forever and unchanging. Number two, this means that the generation following Adam and Eve broke the Torah, specifically Leviticus 20.17, by marrying as brother and sister. Number three, a biblical precedent is established in the Tanakh and Brit Hadashah demonstrating that sometimes commandments contradict and we need to make a wise decision to follow the weightier commandment. Number four, the weightier commandment over Leviticus 20.17 is the commandment for Yahweh's people to be fruitful and multiply, as breaking that commandment would have resulted in no Messiah and thus no salvation for those born up until that point. Number five, a possible hint by Yahweh exists in the giving of Leviticus 20.17, the commandment itself calling the commandment a hesed. Number six, hesed means loving kindness, steadfast love, faithfulness, and mercy, according to Hebraic root meaning, linguistic contextual evidence, pictogram meaning, and Jewish rabbinical interpretations. Number seven, in Leviticus 2017, English translators translated hesed as disgrace, despite all ancient evidence to the contrary likely because they borrowed understanding from the Septuagint. Number eight, another problematic translation of Hesed exists in Proverbs 14.34, which does not appear to mean loving kindness on the surface. 
Number nine, the problematic translation of hesed as reproof or discipline being a form of loving kindness from our Father is solved in the examination of the parallel of Psalm 136 and Deuteronomy 8. The ancient Jewish translators of the Greek Septuagint appear to illustrate the same understanding in the Greek. Number 10, the author of Hebrews 12 appears to summarize every point we made in better understanding reproof as being a form of loving kindness from a father which is consistent with how we foundationally understood the Hebrew word hesed. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching. Remember, continue to test everything. Shalom. It is because of you, our generous supporters, who make it possible to offer these high-quality teachings completely free of charge. If you feel led to support 119 Ministries so that we can continue this effort, please visit testeverything.net and click on the Support 119 tab. Learn how you can partner with us to take the whole Word of God to the nations.